This is the Relevant Podcast. It's Friday, October 15th, 2021, and it's the Relevant Podcast. Here in Orlando, I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and joining me from Loverland, Virginia, it's Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. From Austin, Texas, author, podcaster, scuba diver, flood survivor, <laughs> Jamie Ivey. Hey, guys. Uh, and sitting in uh, today, uh, once again, uh, Derek Miner is missing our recording. He is on vacation with his wife celebrating her birthday, and we support that fully. So we will miss him. But sitting in for Derek this week is our very own senior editor from Nashville, Tennessee, Tyler Huckabee. Hey, Tyler. Howdy. Uh, we have a great show coming up. Uh, Need to Breathe is joining us. They have a great new album. Uh, you're going to hear about it and all this stuff. But when I saw Need to Breathe on the rundown, I thought, you know, flood victims. They oh, need gosh. to breathe. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Jamie, oh, what's wow. happening? Deep turn. <laughs> oh, no. Whoa. No, I was Whoa. telling you guys. Got dark and we... real quick. <laughs> Before we started, that it's been a crazy morning because we've had flash flood here in Tech in we're Austin area last night, and we're safe. Everyone's fine at my house, uh, but it can't. It's very super. It's very dangerous. But at mm. my house, there's one way in and one way out of my neighborhood, and it goes over this little creek. And every time this happens, Aaron and I are like, "It is 2021. Why do we not have a bridge into our sweet little neighborhood?" And so it floods. I sent you guys a picture of it, and you can't get in. You can't get out. So we all, it was like a little neighborhood party this morning. I went down there at like, you know, 630 and all the, the old men are there with their coffee cups. We're like standing around looking at the water. Like, what do y'all think? <laughs> you sent us a video and you said, hey, man, sorry, I'm running a little late. We got flooding issues. I was picturing like, you know, a couple inches of water in the basement and we got to move. You know, we got to unplug no. the refrigerator down there. You <laughs> know, yeah. Yeah. like we don't want anything. We don't want anything short now. Like, that's what I was picturing. What you sent us appears to be a raging whitewater rapid <laughs> over, going over like a road. Like it, I was expecting. That's my road. I was I expecting like, this. listen, I, I really need to get these gutters cleaned because, uh, you know, the mailman can't get up to the doorstep to drop in, you know, or the Amazon guy's going to have trouble today. No, no, no. no. Yeah, no, this no. is legit flood. This is Everything's yeah. bigger in Texas. So. Everything's bigger in Texas. And it is a legit flood. I mean, again, I want to keep everything in perspective. We're fine. There's no water in our house. Everything's fine. It's just getting in and out of our neighborhood can be kind of hard. Um, but also these flash floods in Texas are super dangerous to people. And so I'm also really just like having a little perspective shift that my morning was inconvenienced because the bus wouldn't come pick mm -hmm. up my kids. So I had to take them to school. But other people are really having hard things with it. But I'm here. I made it through the water. So this road that goes into your neighborhood, you mm -hmm. said you drive through a creek like the road does not have an elevation no, over the road. water. It is a road, okay. but if we get any kind of flash flood, it goes over it. I mean, it oh, went, wow. yeah, like yeah. from the bridge, bottom, like yeah, a, from the bottom of the creek. A couple of weeks ago, this happened again, and I think someone said it was like nine feet up from the bottom of the creek. I mean, it was <laughs> completely like disaster. Oh, so, wow. and it has happened before where we've gotten stuck outside of the house, and the kids have been in the house. Oh, like, no. does that make sense? Like out of the oh, neighborhood, yeah. and the kids are in. 
Have you thought about investing in uh, like a Humvee or some sort of military vehicle that can go underwater? Oh, like, wouldn't that be nice? The snorkel, you know, like those mm-hmm. Range Rovers that have the snorkel. I know. You or a duck boat, a Boston style duck boat. Duck boat. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I've been on the Boston duck boat. Yes. Yeah. Where you could just drive. It goes from water to sea effortlessly and kind of comically because okay, uh, I, of its duck like features. Okay. I think you're onto something, Jesse. She's, she's got an Airstream already on her property. Mm-hmm. I think the duck boat is the next thing to add to the collection because you just leave it on at the house. And so even, you know, if the kids are stranded there, the kids can drive it to get yeah. out, you know, and come mm-hmm. pick up you guys. So I, mean, I could have made I think a couple that, bucks this morning too, getting people across. I mean, you know, yeah, you like ferry. You ferry, yeah. you ferry yeah. and, and duck boat. And you could do in like, you could even take it down Creek with a little, and get the little PA system and just do, just <laughs> do a little up. tour. <laughs> just do a little tour. Over here, we have another uh, flooded intersection. And look, there's, guys with coffee over there let's yeah. uh keep your hands inside the duck boat everyone you have waivers you got a waiver system Hold yeah i mean i could get my kids working this could be a my son could quit chick-fil-a if this takes off i mean you know this is what we're gonna do uh, well you got the upfront capital of buying the actual duck boat but yeah, yeah, once yeah. you acquire yeah. it i mean yeah. you're, you're golden this is before great. We, before we get too deep into this, I know we got a lot yeah. to get to today, but can I ask a real quick question from you guys? Yeah. I've been thinking about this a lot. I was over the weekend. I went to my first concert, like post pandemic concert right, in a while. Right. And it was emo night here in Nashville, down at the basement East in Nashville. And they had two okay. bands from my like high school days that were playing. And it was like 10 bucks. So Please, tell me, Please tell and it me. Was, and, and Jesse, you're going to know both of these bands. It was the opener was the Juliana theory. All right. Oh, they're the opener. Yes. Wow. Yeah, they opened. Yeah. And then the and then the main event, Jesse, I think these guys are friends of yours, if I remember correctly, is May. Yeah, uh, I, 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 from I the, grew up with those they're guys. From your, yeah. They're from your part of town, right? That's right. And, uh, yeah, Virginia and so I, I saw them and I, I really want to impress upon you guys how different these two acts were. And, and this is where my question comes into play. <laughs> Juliana Theory comes out and you know, we're all, this is, these were bands that were big when I was in like middle school and high school. Yeah. So they, and they, Juliana Theory was very aware of it and they made some jokes about the their age and, and all of that. And that, yeah. I appreciate the sense of humor they had, but they were dressed You've seen those photos of Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox going around uh-huh. where they look kind of uh-huh. like goth vampires. They looked like uh-huh. that. They had there was like they walked out of like Hot Topic Lux brand and yeah. like these like very like extremely slim fitting pleather maybe leather suits and lots of makeup and the hair was long they still looked like a rock an older rock band but they still looked like a rock band and and they played their show and it was you know we had a good time it was great and then may came out and jesse maybe you can tell me if this is their normal vibe but they looked like they just walked out of the like the sales bin at kohl's they they looked (laughs) like they looked like they were it was like they forgot there was a show like oh that's tonight Oh, we got to go and like jumped <laughs> off the couch from watching football. It was not a, it was, they were not like, and I'm saying, I hope I, I like me. I'm fans of me. I enjoyed the show, yeah. but it was barely, it, it looked like they were kind of doing like May karaoke almost because they didn't look in any way like a band, <laughs> especially given what had come before. And I'm wondering if you guys were, and maybe that's the braver move. Maybe that's the one, maybe they're the ones who are like, you know what? This isn't really our gig anymore. We all have day jobs, but whatever. These nerds want to see some music that was popular 20 years ago. We can deliver on that front and, and, and may, and that's almost a power move. And so I've been wrestling with which one was, 
who was really owning the moment a little more that night since that time. I, well, I, I have I have deep old you know personal experience with both of these artists, and I can yeah. tell you, May has always had their their flag firmly planted in dad rock. Like I feel like May <laughs> yeah. is yeah. just like a great example. It's very technical, you know. Like uh-huh. they, 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 like if you. They they have like the same dad rock vibes as like like a Bon Iver or like a, a Radiohead in that they're they're very technical in their musicianship. Like mm. he, okay, here's how here's how I'd put it. Right, if you're looking at how you define like old school self aware, just fun rock and roll, like Juliana Theory. Like I used to see Juliana Theory every all the time. They used to play Richmond a lot near me when I was in high school. We used to drive up there to go see them because Richmond has a lot of good like punk rock clubs. And they would act like they're playing. They would act like uh, they're in a scene from that Freddie Mercury movie, and they're about to play Wimbledon in 1970. <laughs> even though it's it's a group of two dozen kids that drove up from a church in Virginia Beach to go watch them. They were spinning guitars around the neck. They were self aware and fun, right? But it was not like you, you know they were solving a math problem with music, which is how May is. Okay, like that's the uh-huh. like if you yeah. if you go that technical, mm-hmm. you're gonna just wear whatever because it's not about the clothes not about the performance it's about letting weird you know like people like i said dad rockers just kind of try to analyze the music at the same time it's music for 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 people who have taken up hobbies like carpentry okay (laughs) juliana theory is just there for the good time okay they're just leaning Uh in you know i they're gonna dress like crazy people because why not you know that's my yeah yeah i I think that would i think that lined up with uh and i and i think that you maybe ideally there'd be some sort of like middle ground because Watching people solve a math problem live isn't the most stimulating rock and roll experience, but I was a huge fan and remain a huge fan of Everglow. Like that'll be my jam to the grave, but it was a striking discrepancy between the two acts. It felt like I'd gone to two different shows in two different eras of music. It's almost like at ACL last weekend. On one, the main acts on Saturday, on Friday night, one stage was George Strait, the other was Miley Cyrus. And so you have these like oh, two man. completely different um, oh, yeah. people watching two different shows. But you guys, y'all know I don't know all these music people you guys talk about. Like I never know who you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I need to, I need just need to speak up real quick because I now know who Machine Gun Kelly is because I also saw sure. him at ACL and he is sad and angry and has a lot of emotions <laughs> built up inside of him is what I came out of that concert feeling. <laughs> well, if if you had to jump from genre to genre in a desperate plea for credibility, you'd be sad and angry too. Yeah, he started out as a rapper and then and then he went rock and then then now he has a beef with the rock bands and no. didn't even know who he was. I recognize one song that I've heard on the radio and everything. Else. I was just like this. He is so sad. Like he is angry and sad. He is There's such a mom vibe there. Like he this guy weird. needs a hug. This young man. Yeah. He's so <laughs> angsty. Watch his mouth too while he's at it. I mean, there are children in the audience. Uh, okay. Speaking of something not sad and angry, I want to circle back real quick to the flood convo and, and, and your boat acquisition and, and, and the possibility of a boat acquisition. I, okay, I knew because, this was going to happen because you were going to say something. And then Tyler was like, hey, guys, before we want to have a question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Jesse visibly deflated. And he was like, I, <laughs> He's have, like, I have something. I more. I have Tyler, more. Tyler's like, I have a topic that is relevant and of deep interest to our core audience. Allow me to discuss. And now I'm like, no, I got a boat thing. I got a boat thing. I got a boat thing. We got a boat so, long time <laughs> listeners know, long time listeners know that both Cameron and I both 
have been long fascinated with dangerous boat toys, boat toys that push the limit of safety and, and are about three steps ahead of like yeah. federal regulators who, who determine what, what <laughs> toys uncle Sam says are just too fun and dangerous yeah. for the citizenry to have because the, the, epitome, knows- being, the epitome being that, that, that tube, the, the floatable that you pull behind your, your family boat. Yes. Yeah. And, and it was shaped like a kite and it would go up in the air. So the kids would be laying on it, holding on to the handles, and it would fly up in the air behind the boat, uh, you it know, go 10, 10, 20 feet in the air. Exactly. It was in Sky Mall. And I was like, <laughs> oh, I am destined to own this. But it was $600. And so I never bought it, right? But I'm like, that is going to be my ultimate. I've made it win. I own yeah. that, right? A month later, it comes out that it's been banned because of too course. many people were flying off of it and dying. And I was oh like, that's gosh. what makes it fun. Oh, is the oh actual fear. Yeah, you need a little risk. I could die. This, I'm risk. willing. This is going to be so fun. I'm willing to risk my life for the thrill. <laughs> and I've been disappointed ever since because I feel like boat toy technology, you know, it just threw a damper on the whole thing. Okay. It's like we've just gone back to floating tubes being gently yeah. pulled behind, you know, about six inches awake. Nothing yeah. wrong. Fun way to spend a Saturday afternoon. Yeah. If you're eight, if you're eight <laughs> years old, or okay? if you're an NBA uh, player and you like banana boats, and you and your best friends can just exactly be pulled behind it's a, boat a, a little banana boat tube. The stakes <laughs> yeah. are very clear. It's yeah. minimal fun for minimal risk, and right. I feel like it just the boat toy industry kind of plateaued after that. I can see why they're just disappointed. I saw a clip on Instagram, and I'm about to drop it in the chat here. And I feel like it's a new evolution in boat toy because somehow they were able to put a couple vices into one toy. One being extremely wildly dangerous, uh, multi-person pull behind boat toys. And for some reason, the thrill of an evening in Las Vegas, I'm going to drop it in the wow, chat right now. I'm, I want you guys I'm to so open curious. Okay, this is, I'm, yeah. I can't wait. And, and I can't you know, wait. I, I don't, I, oh I'm, I'm a Shark Tank watcher. <laughs> I've never is. seen this on the show. Oh, wow. But you tell me, you tell me you see innovations like this and you don't have hope <laughs> oh for the world. You don't say like, look, the world's got a lot of problems right now. I'm not going to argue with that, but the human mind, came up with a great boat new boat toy it's a new level of innovation i'm not even gonna describe it i'm gonna let one of you, you guys gotta describe it it's like a it's yeah. a like a roulette this table is, yeah it's yeah. a it's it looks literally like a roulette a, table yeah it's a it's a what, 10 15 foot wide inflatable disc mm-hmm. yeah there's circle. like six adults on this yeah people yeah. are all around the edges of it and it's right. in the water and once you start pulling it it goes to an angle like a 45 degree angle and spins like a roulette table. So you're uh-huh. being pulled behind the boat and you're spinning in a circle like a merry-go-round. <sighs> and it's very big. It's amazing. Like you're high off the water. Yeah, you're getting up there with 15 feet up. Yeah, yeah you're yeah. falling a long ways. And not only that, the other thing in this demonstration video, people are violently falling off the entire <laughs> yeah. time. Like, there's a guy, I want you to see the guy who fall. like so, some people are able to take it pretty well. There's one guy who's trying to hold on and goes head over heels in a very uncomfortable way. Towards the end of the video, up on the, oh, zero, the guy on the oh black gosh. zero. <laughs> yes. Watch black zero. Watch what happened to that poor guy. I mean, yeah. at bare minimum, at bare minimum, he tweaked a knee there. At the <laughs> bare minimum. Are you advocating that they pull this behind the rescue duck boat? Oh, like, that's what? right. That's precisely because. Oh, so it's fun. It's fun. We bring a little fun to the to the. Yeah, like, to the everybody, I know you're stranded. Everyone's it's flooded. We're picking you up. We're trying to rescue you. But hey, if you want to have a little fun on the journey. 
We got this behind the boat. For Speaking you. of really I fast, like while I'm looking at this video, I know this is a visual <laughs> slice, so people just have to imagine it. Look at the boat itself. There's like. 30 people on this boat. What? Do you see that? This is like Noah's art. I think they are picking people up. Like, oh my gosh. It's like, that is an overcrowded boat. Safe. Oh, I didn't even notice. And they don't look like they're in like no, they're swimwear. They look like they yeah. have jackets on. I think this is a rescue operation and the people were stranded and they started loading them on and like, we're out of room on the boat, but good news. Tim brought his giant inflatable roulette wheel on back. So if you can hang on for dear life for about 20 minutes, we'll get y'all out of here. The, oh the other gosh. thing, as, as people are violently flying off and become rag dolls in the air, they don't appear to be slowing down to help them. Like, no, they're just shoving people know. off the tube and they're just blasting through Nobody this canyon. Nobody stops thing. until the last person gets off. Yeah. I just, as a person who has owned a boat for so long, but no longer do because I let it sink, um, they're doing it right. You don't go back and pander to the pansy who can't hold mm. on. Wow. His punishment is you're going to wait till the rest of us are done having fun and we'll come back and get you. So I'm I'm down with that part of it. But hold on, I, hold on. Did you say let it sink? It sank. <laughs> <laughs> you, you you sank your boat. I no longer have a boat because it sank. Yes, on purpose. Where did it sink? <laughs> on my dock at my dock. Um. Uh. So I went through a sabbatical a couple years mm -hmm. ago. And yeah. uh, kind of just sat in the house. Didn't really have friends over. Just had, a, just had a lot of solo time. You know what I'm saying? Didn't take the boat out for about six months. Well, Florida, it rains. Okay. Florida, it rains. And we had a particularly rainy few weeks. And my boat was uncovered just out there. Oh, no. And uh, mm -hmm. I didn't know it because I didn't go out there. It was slowly filling with water. Okay. <gasps> so I'm on the phone one day and I happened to be looking out. And I see the nose of my boat straight up in the air and I go running out there and it had breached and it sank and it went bloop, 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 bloop. and it's, it was on the bottom of the lake. So, and did you get it out? Yeah. Me and all the neighbors took us six hours. Uh, <gasps> we, we were in the lake under the water, prying it up with, with ladders and everything we could to get it above the water so we could pump it out. And, um, but then it's done. I mean, all the electrical is yeah. fried, the engine's fried, it's done. It was, it, so then a rescue person the next day came and towed it away and sold it for parts. It's gone. Mm. Very sad. I'm so sad. That I've broken sad. many friends' ribs on that mm -hmm. boat when they were tubing and I've, mm. well, yeah. I've had, I have a lot of memories, yeah. but no longer. Make like sure I said, it, 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 yeah. it's why, it's why, you know, like Jeff Bezos and Richard mm -hmm. Branson go to almost space. They, it's the thrill of knowing it's the thrill. It, you know, look, 90 year old William Shatner, a man in his nineties just went, yeah. it seems pretty safe to me. Uh, you see, you know, he seems just fine about the whole ordeal, you know, but you know, you got to have a little danger in your life. You got to mix it up a little <laughs> and every once in a while say, you know what? I know this might result in a neck injury or a separated shoulder, but how many times in life do you get to ride a roulette wheel flying across the surface of a water and skip behind like a duck a rock? boat? Behind yeah. a duck boat, rescuing people from floods. I mean, this is yeah. like it's, you only live once in my neighborhood. I mean, this is I'm on it. Yeah, go all in. I like it. Go big or go home. That's what I say. All right, well, stay tuned. Up next, it's gonna be relevant news. I just wanna I'm not the one
You're listening to Coin. The song is Chapstick. Well, today's episode is brought to you by the Chris Tomlin and United Tour. Just announced today, the co-headline Tomlin United Tour is the most anticipated tour of 2022. It's the first time ever that these two worship artists have shared the same stage. With 33 dates across the U.S., Chris Tomlin and United are inviting fans to experience live and in person the songs that have shaped the modern generation of worship. You can sign up now to be a part of an exclusive pre-sale at TomlinUnited.com. By signing up, you can get your tickets first and earn points for prizes like a trip to the Los Angeles tour stop with VIP treatment or free tickets to the concert closest to you. Go to TomlinUnited.com now to sign up for the pre-sale. T-O-M-L-I-N-United.com. Awesome. That's me good. Okay, it's time for... Relevant News. Normally, this is where we bring on Tyler Huckabee to do tell us what's happening at the intersection of faith and culture, but he's already here. We should have brought on Emily. We should have brought on Emily. Yeah, I should have brought on next time. Next time. We'll have her on the next podcast. Let's do that. Yeah, yeah. She, yeah, we'll bring her on soon. All right. What's going on this week? Um, so this was an interesting story that uh, that that sort of throws a lot of uh, I feel like it's a it's a counter narrative in a few directions for people's ideas of certain public people. And it involves Katie Cork, the longtime host of the Today Show, of course, and the late Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who was on the Supreme Court for a very long time. Now, in 2016, uh, there was this interview that that Cork had with Ginsburg and uh, she asked her at the time, which was a very big deal at the time, you remember, about Colin Kaepernick taking a knee during the national anthem and how she felt about all of that. And Ginsburg was was very, very uh, critical of Kaepernick and anybody who was protesting the anthem at that time. Uh, she said that uh, she called it dumb and disrespectful. She said that people oh, who kneel during the anthem are showing contempt. These are her words contempt for a government that has made it possible for their parents and grandparents to live a decent life, which they probably could not have lived in the places where they came from. Uh, she went on to say, as they become older, they realize that this was youthful folly. That's why education is so important. Now, this was obviously... Oh my gosh, yeah, she's literally the, calling him uneducated. Uneducated, would not be able oh to do this gosh. where he came from, where it was definitely oh, the implication oh there. You gosh. know, th- this is very... And this really goes against, as you're probably aware, Bader Ginsburg had and still has a really big following among sort of the, uh, we'll, we'll call them like the populist liberal crowd who are both very supportive of her and generally quite supportive of Colin Kaepernick at the time as well. So this really... Uh, kind of graded against the narrative, the mythology that was building for her uh, in the later years of her life. Was this said on the Today Show? Was this because uh, I missed this at the time? I yeah. don't watch the Today Show. Well, so hang on. That's why we're, that's where we're getting uh, to this. So, Corrick writes in her new memoir about this experience, saying she was very yeah. surprised. She said this was unbecoming of a champion of equality like her. She said she was a huge fan of RBG, which is the the nickname that people have for her. And the next day, the following day, the head of public affairs for the Supreme Court emailed Corrick saying. Ginsburg had, quote, misspoken and asked for the comments to be struck from the record. 
Corrick says she felt torn about the request. She said that she reached out to her friend, David Brooks, a conservative columnist at the New York Times. She said that maybe Ginsburg misunderstood at her age, sort of misunderstood the question, didn't really have her, didn't maybe have all the facts. In any case, she decided to largely agree with, uh, with the request and struck most of those comments from the final interview, which is why you haven't heard about it till now. She left in a few of Ginsburg's sort of like... Uh, uh, like critiques of it, but took out obviously the far more incendiary comments about Capron about being uneducated and where they came from, and uh, is only now opening up about this in her memoir after Ginsburg's death. So really, really interesting, and I, I think. Uh, very unethical behavior from Katie Couric here, who is a journalist, is somebody I, I've largely thought was had her head on really straight. Journalist, journalistic ethics is all over the news this week with the Adam Schefter with yeah. the NFL emails yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know about that? Where mm-hmm. like the 15 years of emails, the NFL has been investigating the Washington football team. They've gone through hundreds of thousands of emails, and all of a sudden, they find these terrible ones from John Gruden. He ends up getting, you know, he resigns. Like, huge fallout, but buried in there was in uh, 10 years ago, was in uh, the top NFL reporter for ESPN, Adam Schefter, was doing a report that uh, about the lockout and things like that, sent the entire article to the head of the football team and said, hey, Check this out. See if there's anything you want to change and called him Mr. Editor and said he could change the quotes and information to make Mm -hmm. him whatever he wanted to say and he would run it. And he's like this top journalist. It's very, very strange behavior. What are people doing? Well, well, the thing with Ruth Ginsburg is, you know, I, I... First first off, let me preface by saying I don't agree with her stance on Colin Kaepernick. Like, I, I think it was a perfectly fine and needed expression of, you know, of, of yeah. you know, what he was trying to intend, which was bring light, bring to light issues of racial injustice. Right. So let me just preface by that, that I don't agree with her stance on it. But, you know, for, for you know, there are two if you if you type in her name into Netflix right now, two movies come up with her on the cover, which are very flattering. One's a, you know, one's yeah. a movie about immigration. Yeah. There's another one called uh, uh, RGB, which is basically like a puff piece documentary. It is what it is, right? She is a, 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 I don't, I don't, I'm not being partisan by defining her this. I feel like a liberal icon. I don't think people on either sides of the aisle would argue with that depiction of her, but shielding. Yeah. At the time she did this interview, she was an active Supreme court justice. Like if anyone, yeah. yeah, if, If there's any humans on the planet that the American people have the right to understand their thoughts about, uh, you know, political and social issues, especially ones as it pertains to free speech and mm-hmm. social justice, it's Supreme Court justices. So not only is it a profound, did, did Katie Kerr do a profound uh, disservice to the American people? You know, she also did a profound disservice to, to the, you know, the, the Supreme Court justice, because, you know, it, mm. it, it's like when, it, it, you know, it's the equivalent of saying, hey, the founding fathers were just all great people. We just need to ignore the slavery thing and just take it out of history. Like, we just need to not talk about how, mm-hmm. you know, the founding fathers, the the, the architects of democracy also <laughs> own slaves. We just need to ignore that because it disrupts the narrative. No, you do a disservice to history by doing that. And, and what Katie Couric did, by the way, 
her book makes you makes people I, I it's career suicide because basically she's bad mouthing half the people she ever worked yeah, she, with. She, she, you it's, know, really, it's, a, it's, a, it's a it's a scorched earth campaign. Yeah, it's it's a money grab to make people, including herself, look terrible. But but this is a profound a profound disservice, not just not just unethical, but she betrayed the trust that mm-hmm. her, her audience had in her by trying to whitewash a, you know, someone who turns out to be a very complicated figure. It's, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like it, mm-hmm. it really, it really irritates me. As I remember over the years drama. with us, just with magazine features and stuff, there have been a few people over the years that have been like, uh, we want to see the article before it runs. It happens a lot, actually. It's not and, an unusual request and we don't do and it. We a hundred percent say no. Yeah. Uh, no, like you said what you said. I mean, yeah. this is yeah. yeah. Uh, no, yeah. I didn't I, understand that whole principle until um, a couple of years ago. I was the feature woman in an Austin Woman magazine, and then the summer when the Washington Post did that article on our family. Yeah, of course. I think I even told you this, Tyler, when I was talking to you about it. I but asked both those people because here I am. Just, I'm like nervous, Nancy. Like, what are they going to put? Like, how are they going to represent mm-hmm. me and all these things? And asked, can I see it beforehand? And they both said no. And they said, we just, that's, no one will ever do that. And I'm like, oh, wow. But can I tell you how nice the lady at the Washington Post was to me? And if I'm Sarah not supposed Pulliam to say Bailey. this, we can yeah. take this out. Yeah. yeah. But if, if this yeah. will get her in trouble, please take it out. But she was so kind to me because she saw how nervous I was. She said, I'll go over every quote that I have you saying. And that was so kind and to that, me. That that is ethical, and and that, sure. that it's it's fact checking. It's for clarity, and and mm-hmm. that is common, especially with reporters. That is like, hey, I'm going to show you a little snippet, or I'm going to I want to run this quote by you to make sure I got your what you were saying correct. Yeah, and you know what's mm-hmm. funny That's is, fine. had I seen the article. I would have asked her to change a couple of things and she wouldn't have. And that would have put her in an awkward situation. And cause I would have just been like, Oh, I'd rather it not, you know, be like that. And yeah. see, sure. that's why sure. yeah. nothing sure. bad. I was just like, Oh, this could be mis- misunderstood. You know, oh, was it the line where she said, Jamie Ivy, who wouldn't even pick up her neighbors in a duck boat. <laughs> that like, was in like, there. And I was like, please. I was like, why, why would you even why? bring that up? In a, I don't classic, even have a, duck boat. In a classic Jamie, Jamie Ivy move. <laughs> who, who, who who outwardly claims to care about children and family is the owner of several extremely dangerous boat toys in her garage, including one that looks like a roulette wheel from, from Vegas. What is she doing with them? Yeah, yeah, it's I would have definitely asked her to take question. that out. Oh my goodness! All right, well, man, that's weird. That's that's weird. It's a weird news. story. Yeah, you yeah. know, Katie Kerr. It dawned on me that Katie Kerr during this stuff about you know this book promotion and stuff. I realized I watched the morning show on Apple TV Plus, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and I realized that uh, Jennifer, Aniston Jennifer Aniston plays yeah. specifically Katie Couric's role. Basically, and Katie in the new season, she's. She went away and wrote a scorched earth book and everything. So I'm, I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm wondering how much they oh, are wow. truly paralleling Katie Couric and Matt Lauer. You know, I mean, yeah. Katie Couric openly concedes in the book to bullying her colleagues, especially younger wow. ones. Like which she, Jennifer she was, Aniston's she was a, she was character toxic, does too. Yeah. She was yeah. a toxic bully to people who you know were she was assigned to mentor. She she concedes that in the book. You know, and it's. You know, I, I, the the other thing. Well, we don't we don't have to dwell on it, but like the other thing, there's a, right now in the country, there's a lot. You know, one of the big issues that we're dealing with is a distrust in the media and a yeah. distrust in sources, traditional sources of information. Right? People like Katie Couric should be deeply ashamed for taking part in that distrust because now, when it comes to issues of you know the public safety. 
people have this gives them reason to to be skeptical, even if that the the nature of their skepticism is unfounded, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's I think that's I will I would say to your point earlier, Jamie, if you have a distrust of media sources, I I, I understand that and, and certainly there's plenty of stories you can put in your quiver to to argue that. But the the woman you talked to, Sarah Pulliam Bailey, who we worked with, we've worked with that relevant a couple of times, is is an excellent, excellent reporter who she was I, phenomenal I really to work I with. trust yeah. to get stories right. And if you're looking Looking for good people who are reporting on religion, which is Sarah's beat over there at the Washington Post. Um, I have only good things to say about mm-hmm. her coverage, which is extremely fair towards religion and not always what people want to hear necessarily, but but always very, very factual and uh, and really exemplary in her conduct. So that that's a good follow for people who are interested in knowing a little more about how religion is operating in America. She did. She did run that hit piece on me when I sank my duck boat, though. That was <laughs> yeah. tough. Guys, it was, listen. It was fair. It was, those, I that need was a duck boat. That happened. <laughs> I need a duck boat right now. My son is texting me and he's like, I can't cross. It's too high. And I'm like, don't uh-huh. go. But I got to go mm-hmm. to school. But you met if I had a duck boat, I could get my son to school right now. Well, well if Cameron <laughs> still had his boat, at- he'd, he'd zip right down there. <laughs> Have you thought about maybe installing a zip line across that area? Like no, from tree to tree? I'm going to ask why my $12 a month HOA money is not going towards a bridge. I mean, come on, people. <laughs> <laughs> or a community duck, though. You know? Or just one that you yeah. check oh, yeah. out, like a library. Like mm-hmm. Lindsay Road has those little little red libraries. Yeah. You know? I don't know if you guys you yeah. see those around yeah. neighborhoods. You give a book, you take a book. Just have like a community duck no, boat. Just no, leave the No, it's like the, the scooters. It's the yeah. scooters thing. It's all yeah, the so lime. Yeah. You mm-hmm. just Leave it. You take it. Leave it. Yeah. Just, just slime some jet skis out there. You know. We got it, like, guys. Well, there's a uh, a lot more happening. Go follow Relevant on all the socials. Check out relevantmagazine.com every day. We are covering faith, culture, justice, and all the good stuff. There you go. Thanks, Tyler. All right. Stay tuned. Up next, it's Need to Breathe. listening to Neptune. The song is Strawberry Lemonade. Well, our guest today is Need to Breathe. The Christian rock band has been busy since we last spoke with them. They recently dropped their eighth album, Into the Mystery, and have been touring throughout the U.S. And they're gearing up to release a documentary about their creation process for their new album. Uh, we sat down with the band to discuss how the last year of life has shifted their artistry and what's next. Here's our conversation with Need to Breathe. You know, Into the Mystery, the record really is about one, and there are a lot of lessons I've been trying to learn personally, you know, uh, about how to deal with the anxiety that I've always kind of <laughs> just stayed busy enough to not to ignore, you know. Um, I think a lot of people probably felt that way in the pandemic. It was like a house in yours a little bit. You know, so a lot of the songs are about that grappling with, you know, how do I love other people? I grew up conservative 
Christian, you know, preacher dad, the whole thing. And, you know, the way I interpreted it at the time, not the way they meant it to be, was, was that, you know, they loved me as long as I did these things. You know, I stayed within this window or this road or whatever it is. Oh, yeah. um, and I, I think it's a real challenging thing to think about now that I have kids, be like, man, to take my expectations off of them and, and, mm-hmm. and even my wife and those kind of things. So I, I was really grappling with that, I think. Unfortunately, we're all, the older I get, the more I feel like we're such a product of our environment in so many ways. Um, you know, so many of our views are a reaction to another view that happened before. And, and I think my parents, you know, the 80s was just like a crazy time for a conservative Christian. You know, it was like such a rebellious turn or not a, a rebellious, a reaction turn to what was happening on in the world. And so it just became super rigid <laughs> rule following and very like, team you know like we're usa and all stuff you know and i just think i look back at that time i have a lot of grace for parents during that time because i feel like most of them are not like that now and the only way i can really explain that is (laughs) you know what i mean they just were in a time where they were like holding on for dear life and that's how they did it so um yeah it it wasn't effective you know i've had this conversation with my parents obviously it's not effective to try to control your kids and they're gonna especially (laughs) me somebody who's our kind of rebellious character do the opposite um so i mean we you know we tell one habit we've gotten into with our kids and and i have no idea if this is going to help or like you totally ruin them but um you know it's just saying like that tell them every day like i love you no matter what you do um and you know we have this little thing we we spent a a little time a couple years ago making a mission statement for our family which is Hmm. totally not my personality (laughs) but i was like let's have some reminders like what's at the top of this list you know uh the things that are important that was it it was like man we really need to figure out how to love each other you know beyond just the consequences So you have this new documentary, this Into the Mystery, uh, which involves a camera crew being on you and the band for uh, for pretty much all day over and over. And, and that would, <laughs> I don't know about you, but that would give me a lot of anxiety. Um, how, how does that feel? What sort of pressure does that put on you guys as a band? Yeah, I mean, I totally, we've always had a rule like that we're not going to do another documentary because we'll lose a member. It's like... If oh, right. the Wilco thing or whatever. It's like uh, every doctor yeah, yeah. like, whoa, this is tragic. Um, and I think there is an added pressure to the cameras and, and some of those situations. And we've certainly felt that before. Um, but for whatever reason, we're just really in a good space with this. We didn't put a lot of pressure on ourselves. We kind of went in there and was like, look, we're going to try to do a song a day. Mm-hmm. We didn't have a producer, just had an engineer in the house with us. <laughs> um, so it, it was a really sweet time. And I think, I think honestly, our reaction was like, we're so glad someone's capturing this. Um, you know, I, I don't know how else to say it, but the feeling was like, we're just incredibly thankful 
um, it, you know, obviously if this pandemic it doesn't happen, we don't make this record. I don't write those songs. You know, we don't pick a house to quarantine in and all that. And it really felt like that days into that process. Just being like, man, we have no control of any of this. This is just a sweet moment. You know, like we're really along for the ride. Um, and so we, we verbalized that almost daily when we were there. Just like, can you believe this? Look, and we kept playing like something bad has got to happen, but <laughs> it never did. You know, um, I'm ready for people to see it for sure. I don't need silver lining. I don't need so much more. I just need room to be wrong sometimes. That's all I'm hoping for. You think you're getting better at music, obviously, as you go, and, and you are in so many ways. Um, but I, the thing I'm just, uh, you know, when I look back at early stuff of us on stage, and I, the raw emotion and energy is just like, I'm all, that always connects still to me. Um, I remember th- feeling and thinking that, like, this is, the show is the end all of all shows, even if there's 200 people uh, in that place. Yeah. Um, there's just something about that that is just... Um, you know that we try to do now too but every, i think every time i look back at our band i always admire that part i'm like man these dudes have no idea what they're doing but they're just as brash and um you know they're just dumb enough to believe that this works and that people can buy in and all that you know what i mean and and that's that's a really i don't know that's that's what i should take away anyway when i look back so as you're looking ahead, what what do you feel like is is what would you like next for Need to Breathe? Is there anything you'd like the band to accomplish or you personally would like to accomplish that you haven't done yet? Yeah, it's it's probably multifaceted. I mean, one is I, I really the culture of our band and organization and all the people that work for us, like that's something I really take very, very seriously now. Um, so seeing that like be healthy for an extended period of time would just be very rewarding to me. Um, you know, I think you get that advice from other artists and that's, you know, if it's great backstage, it's great. <laughs> and that's, that's kind of what our, one of our goals is. And, and the other one is I love, I love arenas. We're playing four or five, I think on this tour. Um, and it's not like, I like, I like going to see shows at both at amphitheaters and arenas and all that. But I just think our band is suited to use that space creatively. So we've all, the only reason we've always liked to play bigger places or have more people at the show really is because it's like, it opens up the artistic, you know, (laughs) thing wide open. Um, and that's really fun to me. Um, so I'd love to see that. And in terms of records, I mean, one thing we're just chasing now is, is being able to pivot. We just feel like the world has changed in terms of record cycles and all that. Um, what's the fire in my belly is really from this idea of like, if I have an idea tomorrow, a great song, we can turn around and put it out the next day. You know, like we have our organizations um, ready to roll in that way. You know, there's a lot of trust there, which that, that just, that's uh, so valuable. I'm really inspired by that. That was Need to Breathe. Uh, You can hear a lot more from them in the fall issue of Relevant Magazine. It's available now. You can go to relevantmagazine.com, click on the magazine tab, and it is available ad-free. Thanks to our friends at UHSM. Check it out. Okay, up next. Oh, boy. It's your editorial question.
You're listening to Spill Tab and Johnny. The song is Grade A, which is what I would give this podcast. Okay, it's time for your feedback. Last Friday, <laughs> we got two a week now. I got to keep it in track. Last Friday, we got talking about uh, hell houses. It is tis the season to scare your friends into believing in Jesus. So uh, we got talking about our childhood hell house church church. Uh, scare factory uh experiences and we asked you about yours you hit us up on twitter at relevant podcast and answered uh, the other places that we asked it as well on social and uh there's some good ones here's a few of our favorite replies well ryan says that in first grade <laughs> that's that's a you, you wonder why else. there's so much like religious trauma in evangelicalism <laughs> right, right. He prefaced, we asked a question about a violent hell house, and he said, well, in first grade, here's something that scarred me for life. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, uh, uh, he said he went to uh, their church's hell house. Uh, mind you, this this person was like, what, six years old? I don't know. What, what, uh, yeah, somewhere around there. Old. Yeah. A dude came at me with a circular saw. I still get nervous when I use one for home improvement projects. He, after years of using uh, uh, a reciprocating saw instead, that was my first and last hell house experience. Well, yeah, who runs out a first grader with a with a saw? What kind of what kind of psycho church? Like, hey, I hey, did you guys hear the good news of Jesus Christ? No, how about this? You know, like, good lord, like the most traumatic thing that happened to me in first grade was my happy face got turned over on the on the truck for talking about the scholastic book fair catalog too long like that should be the most traumatic thing that happens to a first grader not a lunatic pastor oh on a power trip with a power tool <laughs> leah esterly leah esterly was in it there's a bunch of these replies of people who were one of the performers because yeah, we were talking yeah. about that too and uh, leah says that she played the girl who got pregnant out of wedlock and died in a house fire with her live-in boyfriend. Here's the twist. She goes to heaven. He did not. Oh, my God. I don't understand the theology in that. But, you wow. Know. I, hey. But was it just a coincidence? So if you do this, you got a 50-50 shot. But I don't understand, like, would they, so is the message here, if you're, if there is a, a you know, unwanted or, or, or premarital pregnancy, uh -huh. your your home is at risk for a house fire? Like, what uh -huh. is, what is that, the ultimate? Like, just everything that could go wrong in her life was happening. My, my whole thing is like, if you want to tell someone the dangers about uh, premar unprotected premarital sex, I would not say... Well, your chances of a house fire don't technically increase, but I want to show you what it would be like to burn alive. Well, Jesse, oh Jesse, clearly people who do that are careless. They're not careful people, and they like leave. Uh, they leave the, yeah, the burner yeah. on. You're not going to let leave. I left my drugstore pregnancy test next to a bunch of lit candles, and next thing you know, I'm going to daisy chain a bunch of electric extension cords. You know, just they just live loose. You know what yeah, I mean? Ne next thing you know, I'm at the pearly gates, and guess. Who's not with me? My baby daddy. So oh I'm, I'm, you figure it out. You and I meant to share the gospel oh with gosh. him, but I kept putting it off because I'm so irresponsible. Oh. Yeah, I, can't I, can't I can't put it off. I can't put it off because I, I got on a candle kick and I started lighting them oh up God. all over the house. And okay. uh, Cody, oh Bell, Cody Bull said this. Yeah. When I was in high school, we went to a hell house and one of the actor girls who was being dragged into hell was slammed down so hard. She broke her ankle. She was rolled, rolled out of hell in a stretch. Sure. <laughs> <laughs>
Poor girl. Slam so hard. Let's, what did they? What what sort of hell house? What did did they like pile driver into hell? Was I don't say, know what was happening, oh, but like at a, least she like got she got rolled book. out of hell. <laughs> but this guys, so, in fairness, wild. in fairness, don't you remember that story where Jesus and the apostles <laughs> came into Samaria, and uh, you know, at first the crowd wasn't recepted, and then uh-huh. the apostle James chased people around with the circular saw. You don't remember that one? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you remember that 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 story? It was the revival broke out. You're really bothered by that. Oh, Kristen, Kristen said. Uh, she said the second to last room was the Satan worship slash demon possession room because because that's something that all young minds need to be prepared yeah. to face as part of their day to day experience yeah. walking around in the U.S. She said, my name is Kristen. And so was the character in the skit. OK, who gets possessed by a demon. It was terrifying. In the last room, they talked about how we have to fight for our freedom and flee from temptation. It involved a clip of the Braveheart movie where Mel Gibson shouts freedom this is just a this is just like ticking the boxes of 90s white evangelicalism you're going down the list you got braveheart you got demon possession (laughs) and of course you have Kristen. (laughs) the very next room is where you fill out a form to commit your life to jesus and there are pastors to pray for you i had nightmares for weeks other rooms included self-harm women getting drugged at parties and then taking advantage of sexually domestic abuse i was in seventh grade seventh grade oh my god this is when which isn't that unusual i know but it seems it doesn't seem that weird at the time it's only looking back on it now they're like those people were what were those people thinking well they're probably like at least they're not in first grade i mean you know we, we can get them now they're in seventh grade the thing that the thing that is crazy to think about is like these were meant for the youth i mean it's yeah. like it was meant as yeah. a halloween youth alternative to help them find christ i mean because like uh uh, Jorge de la Cruz said after the hell house, our youth pastor got in a real coffin wearing a black suit and then did a funeral service followed by an altar call. But it's the youth pastor. I mean, it's meant for the kids. So it's like all these horribly graphic things are probably these kids first exposure to that type of trauma. L- listen, listen, uh-huh. the danger is real. I mean, we all know that story about that. kid. We all had that kid in church. <laughs> who was watching The Simpsons that their parents told them not to, and they Uh found it so hilarious and were so compelled that they didn't realize their house was on fire. And many, (laughs) many people were burned badly. Third degree. Third degree all over. If only they hadn't been watching The Simpsons, I think that the the neighbor's townhouse with the pregnant woman Uh boyfriend, I think they would have been just fine. Turned Uh out next door, they're watching The Simpsons. Now it all comes together. What a tangle web the devil weaves. Oh, Oh, Brendan. Brendan Spencer. Uh, had a positive SBC experience. He said, surprisingly, uh, he, he's only been a part of what he can describe as a hope house. He said, younger members took over the idea and had rooms with different Bible stories depicted instead of scaring people. Nice change of pace. An inverse hell house. That See? makes sense. I for like that. Look at those That's little kids. Yeah. Yeah. Makes yeah. sense. Making things right. Yeah. And then Jesse comes out, then the youth pastor goes out with a circular saw. <laughs> yeah. After yeah, having exactly. performed his yeah. own funeral at Jorge's church. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of mixed messages here. I'm not really sure what we should be afraid of here. Now, a quick question. Are you not running that circular saw to the GFCI? Like, how did the house fire start? Okay. What kind of project are you working on down there? Oh, my God. A lot of dangers. A lot of dangers that Christians need to be aware of, whether they're connected to the supernatural or not. There's basic power tool safety that we so, have a whole room about. So, so the, the unwed uh, pregnant couple who are living together, 
they don't think things through. So they start these projects using tools that they haven't really learned how to master. That's what you're saying. That's how the fire starts. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, uh-huh. who knows? Who knows at this point? It, it, it. For all we know, a, a drunk driver coming back from prom hit the transformer outside and that sparked the fire we don't all we know was alcohol a circular saw and maybe the simpsons were involved and we better just purge it all because we don't know which one is ultimately responsible well i got this piece of paper you can fill out and we can just alleviate these fears right now yeah takes everything away just sign this paper oh somebody's got to read mike murphy's I'm going to read it. I've got to hear it. That's on the first page. And we'll we'll end it with this. Wild. All right. This one, this is, this is bleak. (laughs) Put the kids to bed before you read that. All right. Again, this is intended for youth. All right. So, yeah, these are kids. Yeah. But, but I hope kids are listening to this. So, Mike Murphy says, I went to a hell house in the late 90s or early aughts. The last room of the youth drama team was doing was the skit Choices. A girl in an angel costume showed the deceased character a room with buttons. Each button was a scene from their life. This is a very elaborate uh, Mm. production here. Mm -hmm. Each scene showed the deceased character making good choices. The last button is him saying no to the prayer of salvation. The skit ends with him going to hell yelling, but I was a good person to the angels who turn away. So that's the... That's that's that's, the the, that's what you send. leave the kids with on Halloween. They, they, they at least they didn't go watch like an R-rated movie or something. They I think we should take a moment. Feeling. I think we should take a moment in case anyone is wondering what it means to be a follower of Jesus. We should let them know it is not what you have just heard Good in job, the last Jamie. ten Good minutes. Job. Okay, I think we need to talk about the truth of the gospel. I'm so yeah. nervous I, for these people. Just, uh, yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad they're listening to the relevant <laughs> podcast. I just. There's a lot more where that came from. If you are morbidly curious, go <laughs> check out the replies at the relevant podcast Twitter account. Holy cow. Okay. So now it's time for this week's editorial question of the week. Okay. Well, completely unrelated to the Halloween theming, uh, you know, we got talking about water mishaps today. I think we've all had water mishaps. I don't know if the water happened to your street or you sank your boat or you flew on a thing and got, you know, 30 feet off the air, off the ground and, you know, felt and cracked your ribs. I don't know, but we've all had water mishaps. It seems like, so that's what we want to know. This week's question of the week is tell us your most memorable water mishap. Hit us up on Twitter at relevant podcast, or you can answer the questions where we post it on the other socials as well. We'll read our favorites next week. And I know, I know we're running late in time here, but if I, I just want to tell listeners, if they're ever having a bad day, Look, Google or go to YouTube and type in boat ramp fail. Okay. If, <laughs> if you're having a bad day, watching boat ramp compilations of like half hours of boat ramp fails where people freak out because they accidentally sinking their own boats after a leisurely day on the water. Nothing lightens the mood like that. Okay. I will, t- boat ramp I will tell boot. you, no. I will tell you that, that there is no more source of stress or pride depending on how you launch your boat at the ramp. Everybody's watching you. It's like you're teeing off at a busy golf course. You know, everybody's watching you. They're all judging you. They're waiting for you to mess up so they can laugh at you. And then you nail it. Ooh, all right. He yeah. knows what he's doing. You feel really yeah. good about yourself. But if you have to be that guy who's like, whatever, you are mocked relentlessly with judgy eyes. They don't say it out loud, but judgy eyes. Very stressful. 
All right. Hit us up on Relevant Podcast. Before we wrap up, I want to thank Need to Breathe for joining us today. Head over to relevantmagazine.com for more of our conversation with the band. You can check it out in the fall issue of the magazine. The digital magazine is available for free and ad-free. Thanks to UHSM. Go check it out. Um, also, uh, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. It's the best way to keep up with what's new, what we're putting out every day. And uh, if you follow us uh, on the relevant podcast Twitter account, uh, in addition to the relevant one, uh, you can interact with the editorial question of the week and uh, submit questions to the cast that we may tackle with on upcoming episodes. Uh, hit us up on all the socials. Uh, we're doing a lot of stuff and we don't want you to miss any of it. Also, make sure to submit your answers to the editorial question of the week uh, on the relevant podcast Twitter account or any of our socials where we've posted it. If social media is not your thing, but you want to stay in touch with what we're doing every day, uh, right there on the relevantmagazine.com homepage, you can sign up for our daily newsletter where we bring you the top five trending stories at Relevant every morning. Make sure uh, to sign up so you don't miss a thing. On that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Jamie Ivey. I'm Tyler Huckabee. For Derek Miner, we will uh, see you on Tuesday. Have a great weekend, everyone. Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. Check out our features, interviews, and news updates every day at relevantmagazine.com. And make sure to follow Relevant on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest. For more great podcasts, browse the shows on the Relevant Podcast Network, which you can find at our site. And while you're there, don't miss the all-new era of Relevant Magazine. A new issue releases every other month at RelevantMagazine.com. Keep your hands inside the duck boat, everyone. Relevant Podcast Network. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.